progress is great. Progress is life sustenance. We love to see progress. It's that when we get fixated on seeing progress in one certain way, that we can burn ourselves out because there's so much room for us to expand and see progress. Electric Soil Podcast. Imagination is the electric soil of creation. Hello, welcome back to Electric Soil Podcast. Today we have part four of our eight-part mini-series with Jeff Lester. Jeff, how are you doing today? I'm doing well, man. I'm excited to be here as always. Yeah, dude. Yeah, same here. And uh, just a little uh, inside baseball for everybody. We had we just kind of fresh off one of your uh, your courses that you teach once a month every Sunday, or uh, sorry, one one Sunday of every month rather, uh, through the Enlifted community. And you just did a Yin Yoga class this morning. So that was about hour and a half ago. So I'm feeling nice and limber. Uh, the class was great. Uh, how was it on your side of things? Dude, I loved it. We got to connect in with some great frequencies, some great sound healing as well, which was awesome, a little collaboration. And I got to teach the the yin practice based on chakras, which we talked about last time. Exactly. So it's really cool to to bring things together, bring different aspects or philosophies together for our experience, for our richness in the process. It's awesome. For sure. Yeah. Shout out to uh, Mike Schwartz. And yeah, so he did the uh, frequency work. We've kind of been talking about that on and off, I think, on a couple of the episodes. So like the Sofregio frequencies, they're basically tuned to certain chakras, for example. I, I think the third one is 396, 417 for your solar plexus. Something along those lines. Anyways, each chakra has a specific frequency. So Mike was had composed some uh, some instrumental music to kind of uh, do the journey uh, that you were taking us uh, with the the Yin Yoga. So yeah, super cool. And shout out to Mike for that. It was a really cool collaboration you guys did. Yeah, thanks, Mike. Yes, yes. Well, yeah. So today, yeah, absolutely. Coming out of part three, there was uh, yes, all talking about the seven chakras. And today we both sound like we were kind of on the same wavelength, same frequency, if you will, uh, about, yes. about what to talk about today. And it came up in the in the uh, class from this morning. So you were talking about yin and yang. So we were kind of thinking in a little pre-interview preamble that we did. Let's talk about like, you know, dualities, yin, yang, uh, rebounds, like, you know, rebounds from uh, in specifics to uh, yin yoga, right? You'll do a stretch for you know, two or three minutes and, uh, you know what, you're going to have to kind of do a rebound, to, uh, to, you know, get back comfortable again, basically. So let's, uh, let's kind of get into this, uh, this subject matter here. I don't know if you want to start with the, that whole idea of the rebounds. I thought that was very interesting. Uh, just maybe for folks at home that don't know much about yin yoga versus any other type of yoga. Um, yeah, let's maybe start with there if you can. Yeah, absolutely. And, I love, and I, I'm sure this will happen over the course of this conversation, a weaving in of, of different modalities, different practices, and how they connect. And, and they connect at us. They connect at the practitioner. So through experience and taking all of these different models on as you know, something, as a lens to look at what am I experiencing in this moment? What is the reality of this? And how much can I peel back and expand into that? And the yin yoga practice is one where it is yin relative to yang. And so as I explained the yin and yang um, symbology, we'll learn that everything is relative to the other. And so yin relative to yang is much slower, much deeper, much more working on our lower body, and it's much more subtle. So it's getting into the subtle experiences and 
the hallmark of that practice is the space. It's the time that we spend in each pose. Each pose uh, with with the right intention, so it depends on the intention of the teacher or practitioner, uh, works on us at an energetic level. Of course, also it works on us at a physical level. And yin at the physical level is working on our joint tissues. It is working for its exercise for our joints. And it's really good because we, we never think about exercising the joints. However, the yin tissues, the tendons, ligaments, and the fascia, the interconnective tissue, responds to yin stimulus because the quality of that tissue is more yin. It's more, um, it's thicker. It's, it's more, uh, it, it responds to stress differently. So we give it a yin stress. And what's happening at the physical level is those tissues that they, they do change and they do stretch, but they stretch much less. And so there's the yin relative to the yang. So we think about stretching muscle tissue or doing something rhythmic, like a vinyasa, more movement practice, uh, based practice of yoga, or even going to the gym and lifting weights or doing, um, plyometrics. This is yang because it's moving, it's rhythmic, and it's working on our, our, on our muscle and our circular system, which is more yang relative to the yin connective tissue. And so in yin, we're holding a pose for time. Um, three, four, five minutes. Of course, I give less time for people that might be newer to the practice. And the more time we spend, what's happening at, at our joints is little micro tears are happening at the tissue. And this is based on the theory of, of exercise, that if something is uh, torn apart or something is damaged in a healthy way, it heals back and it grows stronger. And so what happens in yin yoga is we often get the most bang for our buck in terms of optimizing our range of motion because what happens at the joint um, even three or four percent change at the joint translates to a much bigger movement so you'll see uh, ballerinas doing in yoga gymnasts doing in yoga mm. how we how we got it um, how we have yin yoga as i teach it today is rooted in um, you know a martial artist who is combining yoga practice with these long held stretches to increase mobility. And so, yeah, yin yoga works fantastically at the physical level. And if, and if you ever come to one of my classes, you know, I talk maybe for 30 seconds about that. And I start talking about the energy because that's uh, so much more fascinating to me. So what's happening at the energetic level is each of these asanas, these poses we go into is let's, it's warping the pathways of energy that the, that, our chi or prana, or we could just use, simply use the term energy, flows through in the body. So the great uh, uh, anal analogy or metaphor here is if you take a, if you can consider a blocked hose, maybe it's a hose that's been sitting there for se several years and it has some dirt and cobwebs in it, and you put water through the hose and it, it's only barely coming through. If you kink the hose and allow the pressure to build up on one end and then relax the hose, then that pressure moves the blockages out of the way. Mm. And so that's, that's what we're doing with the yin yoga. And that's why the rebound is so valuable in the yin yoga. So it's essentially like um, an approach uh, very similar to acupuncture where we are working on the channels of energy and at, at a more gross level at a more 
physical level, manipulating these energy rivers within the body and then condensing the energy and then coming into a place of rebound, which is just simply lying on your back or um, lying in a very natural position where the energy can then flow again. And it's super good for the nervous system because when chi flow, when energy flow goes up and our subtle body through these rivers, these channels that energy flows and, and the way to understand this more than just conceptual is to feel is to, is to like close the eyes and to really connect in with the breath. And you could start to feel your, how your nervous system is in the moment. And then you can look for any sensations that you're feeling in the moment. And then the reason this is, there's a certain skill to this, a certain cultivation, because it, uh, we need to establish a certain amount of awareness or sensitivity to the energy to experience it because it's more subtle. Mm. Like we've talked about before, we uh, tend to be in Western culture more uh, ex like oriented outwardly. So our attention is more readily available to see, perceive what is outside of us. And so that's why we're more materialistic tend to be. That's why we, we compare ourselves outside of ourselves with others or something like that, because our orientation of seeing the world is more is more towards the outside. And so these yoga practices, meditation, yoga, yin yoga, and all the different things we've talked about in the past episodes is about orienting the attention inward and then experiencing these more subtle experiences. So understanding the energy, because if we can get to that subtle experience, then we can start to play the music at a much higher fidelity, understanding our energy and how the energy is moving through us and how if we want to, to direct that or move play with that we can shift our state we can shift our energy and experience life differently right mm. so that's the the really um one of the really beautiful aspects of yin yoga and then the 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 additional layer to that is bringing in let's say some theory around the energy around chakras or we can go the traditional um, East Asian medicines that look at meridians, like the little energy channels, both yoga and, and other East traditional East Asian medicines, Chinese med traditional Chinese medicine and, and all over East Asia there all came to the same, very similar models of how energy is moving through the body. They just cultivated a different language around it. Um, and so that's what's really cool to experience is that you know, all these paths are leading to the same place and, and there's a lot of overlap and we've mentioned that and that's where it gets really exciting. And in and, and a yin pose, we're manipulating energy again with an intention. And so the, the intention can be about energy, it can be purely physical, or we can see what's happening at the mental. And in yoga, we look at because there's more space because there's more opportunity, like quiet time in the practice, we can start to be more aware, more present to the subtleties. So it's like, where, where's my thoughts going? Um, or what imagery am I seeing? Or what, what kind of fantasy is happening? What dreamland am I in? Right. And that's the thought, thought body. Mm. We can call that the thought body or the causal, causal body. And we can also experience what emotion, what emotions are moving through me. What am I feeling in terms of, in terms of that energy? So we have identification for emotions, which takes our awareness towards a certain sensory experience. And we label an emotion as sadness or grief or anger or frustration, right? So it's that, that mechanism of putting our attention towards an experience and we've given it an identification. 
So even before the identification, it's there, it's energy moving. So we, we don't even need to identify with, with a label what it is. We just need to allow it to move. And so with the intention of working with the energy, there's an understanding of how the energy is manipulated with these different poses. And every individual has, of course, has their experience. So I'm teaching with an in intention and allowing the individual to have their their experience as well. And we put our attention towards the physical, the physical sensation that the pose is, is creating for us. And that helps me as a teacher, under, like allow the students to um, partake in the intention. Mm. Because I know if, if the, the way the energetics work based on the models is that if we are stressing the tissue in this area of the body, then those channels, those energy channels are along that area. And so if I know that, like, even if the pose needs to be different for each person, but if we're targeting the same tissue, the same sensation, or the, the sensation in this area, then we can be in that experience together, even if it looks different from one person to the next. And that's the, that's the other really cool thing about yin is I spend a lot of time in my teacher trainings, unlearning students about why form is not as essential as the function, as the experience of the pose. There's for decades so much emphasis on it. Yoga needs to look this way, right. but this is throwing it all out of the window and saying, yoga, let's see how it feels this way. Give it space, time. And then as, as we get more serene, more sensitive, more calm, the perception of the subtle comes in and we can experience these energies. And then the beauty of coming in to rebound is to just... Uh, let it flow. And so the intention is to harmonize or to create some kind of movement in the energy body. And this is really good for our nervous system, really good for promoting a balance at a energy level. So at the root level, even before our psyche, we have the, we're creating an energetic balance. Mm. So then that percolates up and then we experience balance, more balance in our life, more ease. So that's the, that's the yin yoga. And that's why I really love it because I came uh, into yoga as ve being very yang, like very, uh -huh. again, into the complement, into the relativity of yin versus yang. Um, I was a runner. I was into my fitness. In fact, I was very obsessed and, and uh, attached to my fitness. And over the years of, you know, enough marathons or, or triathlons and everything, I wanted something a different experience. I wanted a deeper experience and yin yoga really coincided with my meditation practice mm. because what I noticed is the more I would practice yin, the more it would enhance my meditation practice because I've learned through yin how to expand my experience, how to be more present into the experience, more aware of what, what there is. And one of the, um, beautiful aspects of this kind of practice is the practice of, of discerning versus evaluating of observing versus judging, mm. right? So with this mechanism, the mind, it wants to label, it wants to discern and judge. It wants to understand things. This is the nature of the mind. And 
then there's the faculty of simply being aware and to experience what is without the story. So this is, this go, goes with the story work. It's like, there's no story here. It's just, what is the experience? Mm. And then it's funny how, when we get into some story around it, that experience shifts as well. It dances with the story. So it's very interesting. And in this capacity of being much more yang in my lifestyle. And even now I'm quite yang. I love, I still like to run. I still like to move my body. It's the yin yoga practice that has served my body incredibly well in terms of uh, being able to move more functionally, being able to um, understand when I need to rest as well physically. And so no longer is it, it does rest, physical rest, um, feel like a tax or a burden, or am I beating myself up about it? I know that there's a, a tremendous value in it. And it's, again, that goes back to that theory of exercise, that if I do exercise myself, the rest is is the yin to the yang, right? So if we have exercise and we have rest, and the yin is the rest part of it, and it's absolutely as valid and as valuable as the exercise portion. In fact, um, too much exercise without rest is counterproductive. Too much rest without exercise, counterproductive. So this is how the yin and the yang create our cosmic duality, our experience of life. And to break this down, we'll take a look at the, or a consideration of the Taoist symbol for yin and yang that I am 99.99% sure that every person listening to this uh, can close their eyes and visualize that the yin yang symbol of a circle with a curve down the middle of it. So it's like a, a swivel between two hemispheres. One is white, one is black. And within the, the bigger part of each hemisphere, there's a dot of the opposite color. So if you have the white hemisphere, you have a dot of, yang, of yin. And then in the black hemisphere, the yin hemisphere, you have a dot of yang. And this represents that one cannot exist, at least in this perceivable reality, one does not exist without the other because everything needs relation. Everything needs relation in order to exist. So in the material world, everything needs relation in order to exist as we perceive it. And so within this symbol, the swivel in the middle that's separating the two hemispheres is incredibly important because it represents the dynamic play between yin and yang. They're always playing with each other. They're always um, creating a balance within each other. Always finding that. So the swivel there represents the dynamic state between the two. And this is the, this is representative of, of life. And so in every moment, there's a dynamic state happening. And what happens when we become more sensitive, more aware, we can recognize this play, this, this dynamic shift from one moment to the next. A great example of this is if we take a yin pose and we go into it, the coaching or the, you know, the teaching part of this is to get students into a position where they can be still, which is more yin relative to movement, which is more yang, right? So we want to get to more a yin posture where we are still. And then the next thing is to allow a disengagement. So we start to become more aware of where in our body, our muscles, are we engaging unconsciously? So maybe I'm doing a pose, but my shoulders are still tight they're habitually up towards my ears and I haven't realized that or, or had the awareness yet of drop the shoulders, relax. Mm. And so it's about, it's about 
finding all the places that are habitually hanging on where there's resistance or stress or tension and then relaxing that again, coming into more yin. I have students that come and they're used to doing a more physical practice. Mm. And so I see them trying to do the yin pose. And this is, this is, again, it's bringing yang into the yin. So the, 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 thing is, is we think we have to do or to, to make something happen in order to create the experience versus as observers, as beings that can observe, we recognize that just by being alive, being and observing the experience is there. Mm. It's there. There's nothing to do. So there's witnessing also the experience. What happens in a yin pose then is that let's say everything the, circ- the the stage is set and we're just in the pose we're relaxed and we're putting our attention towards the experience of what's happening at the at the sensation that the target area that this pose's intention is to target and then if we're stay with that if we're lucky enough to keep our attention there what happens with the attention is as a, again a habit pattern of the mind and uh, the attention wants to go somewhere else maybe the attention goes into the um uh costal and it starts thinking and the mind gets preoccupied with what's for lunch or what did i do today or what am i going to do today or um that conversation we need to have etc so the mind gets preoccupied and this is taking this is yay like it's more thoughts it's more like distracted and the energy reflects that and so the intention will be as a guide come back to the sensation come back to the experience and if we're lucky enough we've trained our attention well enough over time and repetition to start to be still in one place and observe and observe and observe another layer breaks open and a a universe a new universe of experience happens within the movement of the sensation Mm. The movement of the experience, the current that is already happening, just as we're observing. So there again, we see the yang quality coming up. It's like the sensation is changing. The sensation might be traveling or we feel the energy moving through the body. Again, we've set ourselves up in yin to experience this little dot of yang within the experience, which is always seeded, seeded into the experience. There's the element of the other mm. in order to give relativeness to the experience otherwise it's it just um dissipates there's nothing there Mm. and so uh the the next thing that happens is we we are in the pose and then slowly and slowly our body is creeping into a deeper progression of the pose so these micro tears that we talked about earlier are occurring in the physical body and so without doing anything again being setting ourselves up to begin, there is yang, there is inherent progress in the experience. So the big lesson, one of the big lessons is that when we allow something to happen, it's going to happen. And that mm. is recognizing the, the duality of yin and yang. So we, we expend a ton of energy, can do, at least I speak in my personal experience of um, wanting to control things, wanting th- wanting to create outcomes or wanting to uh, manipulate the experience based on my perception of how things should be. And sometimes there's there's great benefit to that. Sometimes we can absolutely put our will and make things happen and we can influence events uh, such that we we get the desired outcome. And that's wonderful. A lot of times also we are trying to swim against the grain of a river. And it's expending a lot of extra energy and we're 
building, there's a tax to that is building up in the body. And so what to do, what to do, but learn to let go and allow the river to take us where we're going. Mm. So the, the beauty of the, you know, the understanding of the, the, the qualities of yin and yang is comes right back into our own self reflection and introspection of, am I trying to force this? Do I feel like I'm banging my head up against the wall? How about I take a step back and relax and see what happens, see what unfolds, give it time, give myself time to evolve and be a step out of the yang. Because for us generally uh, in the West, we put a much higher emphasis on go see do on yang on making things happen versus allowing. So finding the balance in this is, is a recipe for creating a very easeful life, much more allowing, much more being receptive. This is yin, receptive to the grace, to receptive to all the abundance of the universe. So if we're constantly, this is wonderful. Um, I'm getting excited because, you know, the way that we can apply the metaphor of the Taoist symbol to, to lots of different life aspects mm -hmm. And gain and gain wisdom from that, and so there's um, the the wisdom of you know I spend so much time and energy trying to make something happen. Am I am I observing that? Can I be with myself and observing the reality as it is that here I've expended uh, you know a lot of effort and I'm not perceiving um, the result that I want because the whole time. I'm extra, putting my energy outwardly and my attention outwardly. I've cut myself off from being receptive. Right. right. So I'm not be, so I'm not able to receive. Yeah, and so th okay. these are two yin and yang qualities. It's giving and receiving, and they need to be in a dynamic state. And this brings in the law of reciprocity. That if I'm really uh, in a state of reciprocity and in balance, then my giving is exactly the same as my receiving. They're happening. The energy flows right next to each other. So if I do something kind, I feel good about the kind action. There's not a condition on it. Right. There's not an attachment to that. Right. Because the attention wasn't on making something happen. It was simply on the giving, right. the action. Yeah. And then, and then the, the, receptive quality comes in the experience of receiving same thing with anything effort effort wise sometimes we need to receive what's already there and that's a yin quality so we put a lot of emphasis again on on the yang and it's a wonderful experience to understand and start to entertain our ability to be more yin and to and to find the balance in our life like i said i i still run and I still, um, work that these are all yang relative to doing nothing re like relative to lying in bed all day. Um, however, I find that times of the, the valuable times of rest of pause, give me so much more return on investment when I choose that in terms of energy, in terms of just the experience of enjoying my life. So that rest is, uh, is very important to me. Um, one more thing is that remembering that the yin yang principle can be applied to everything and that it's always relative. So it's built into the symbol again is the relativity to it. Relativity of yin and yang always coexisting. There is never a time unless we separate from duality. 
So unless we separate from duality, which is pure oneness, then then everything is one. But in our perception, our you know being human, as we um, entertain ourselves through attachment to something and ego and non-attachment, the two are always dancing together. And then the one that sees and observes this is the awareness. And then there's complete oneness and connection and that. So that's always the case. We're always either going to be finding ourselves attaching to something or, or observing something. And so the call here, the call here is to recognize more our faculty of just to be able to, to witness and be non-attached non-attached is more is yin relative to attached, which is yang. So this, this theory of a yin yang theory of relativity is that the, the me sitting here um, talking is more yang relative to if I were lying down on the ground sleeping. So it's always, there's always going to be a relativeness to them, which is fascinating. Man, such uh, so much, yeah, just brilliantly put. That was awesome. Thanks so much, Jeff. I do have a couple of questions. Uh, okay, great. Specifically to me, and I can think of a lot of people that I know that are that are like this. That I know the benefits, and I have seen firsthand the benefits of the yin side of things. But I haven't reached that. I guess that pain point, maybe, where it's just like, okay, I can't take the out of balance life that I have. I, I have a lot of old programming that still suggests the grind get out there every day work hard you're not working hard if you're not feeling pain you know all that stuff that i'm, I'm working my way through but mm -hmm. are there any specific you know entry level exercises that are easy for people to do even in the case of where they're at a workplace where they are it's just a lot coming at them they are used to being very very action based very yang based but they need that relief. Like I'm thinking what comes to mind right now is like, just find yourself a, you know, quiet spot and wherever you work and just do some breath work. Like, is there certain things like this that can kind of just start, at least start the entry level into, uh, into yin. And then before you know it, it just sort of expands from there is, is my impression of it. Uh, what would be some of your tips for that? Very good question. And to even this conversation is supporting that. Even listening to this is supporting that because it's helping the awareness, training the awareness to start looking for something different, a different experience. Just because somebody works hard and works, well, let's works fully is a better way of saying it mm. works throughout the day. If they're able to rest their head on their pillow and be satisfied with that work, mm. then the receptivity is there. Ah. So it's, so it's in terms of like this, uh, gauging, do I work, work, work and feel unsatisfied with my work, work, work? Right. Then I know that I'm an, then that's a good litmus test for, for understanding if I'm, I'm in overdrive. Ah, There's this, yeah. um, really amazing practice, understanding philosophy and yoga of sent of Santosha, which is to be content. It's to just be content with what there is. And so having the awareness of if, let's say I've organized my life up to this point, let's take responsibility for it, that I work, work, work. And even when I'm not working, I'm still restless. Mm. Then there's too much yang. There's too, there's too much yang in the system because there's no rest. Yeah. So have the, so having the awareness of restlessness immediately invites and in rest. Ah, okay. Isn't it interesting that if I'm something to explore, that if I recognize, Oh, that I'm, 
restless right now, I'm actually putting a pause in that restlessness to mm. experience it. Sure. And there's more, it's already more yin. Nice. It's already a drop of yin, right? And then, like you said, is the, the more aware we get, the more sensitive we become, the more able and skillfully we are to in, um, bring forth practices, which we are, this is a yang. It's like, it's like I'm going to in, introduce a practice into my life that influences my balance and creates more yin. Mm. So even that is like yang to, to bring something new into the table, yang. But if the practice is meditation or breath work, focusing on bringing the nervous system down, then I'm creating more space for yin. So that's really good. So like you said, practices are uh, noticing. The, the most cheapest, easiest one is to start noticing if we're in overdrive. Noticing is already going to start the, the process. Awareness often um, takes us on a journey of evolving, which is really great. And then the practices, the immediate practices that come to mind are of the quality of rest. And it is breath work is a really good example breath work where we focus on extending the exhale because when we the, the the here's a great example the exhale is yin relative to the inhale mm. so you think of of inhale breathing in expanding lengthening holding air in exhale is a relaxation it's a letting go gotcha. it's a softening so you're already inviting in more yin the exhale is yin relative to the inhale so breath work, you can do box breathing where you count up four and then you give a transition moment and then you exhale for five or six. If you do this, then you're already lengthening your exhale. You don't have to do it with a count. You can just breathe in and then breathe out really slow and smooth and then just allow the feeling of relaxation to come. And then you're inviting in more yin really important is just the recognition of am i restless in this moment or am i um experiencing myself in overdrive and then with that can we entertain these new tools and allow them to do their profound work on us another one is is meditating sitting in meditation incorporating breath work into meditation practice so that we have something to experience. And, I, and I'll reiterate, and I, I'm sure I've mentioned it in previous mm -hmm. talks about the difference between meditation and meditation practice. Meditation, the experience is, is dissolving. It's starting the dissolving the, the duality. Mm. So if I'm in a state of meditation, I am transcending a sense of separateness. There is no you and me separate. It's just this this moment, this connection, boom, it's all that exists. And the idea of us being separate, even though it makes great sense to the yin and yang duality of experience in a, a sense of meditation, it's all happening right now. It's all one. So the duality goes away. Meditation practice is about coming back to center, observing the experiences of nature, our own nature, and really fundamentally shifting, finding the balance between our own yin and yang, our own experience. If we're in a human form, if we're if we're living this life as a human, if you're listening, I imagine you are, unless you've got <laughs> your dog hooked up to this. Um, we're we're having duality. We're experiencing duality. It's it is it is a key key point of being human is that duality is there. Paradox is there. 
it's it's one of the joys <laughs> of being human, take it or leave it, um, that we get to experience. And so meditation, sitting with what is, it's like, okay, I'm restless. Great. Let me be restless. And then already it's starting to unwind and create a pathway for that restlessness to no longer um, stagnate as restlessness. It can move. It can, uh, we experiencing restlessness allows it to move the energy. Um, yoga doing, even, even if you're very um, wired or person that is like full tilt, always going, even a movement based yoga practice, a yang yoga will be yin relative to that lifestyle. Mm. Does that make sense? It totally does. So even, so even that can incorporate more yin. And, and I'm so such a fan of meets, meet somebody where they are and let the practice do its work. Um, we're all experiencing different phases of our lives, different phases of our own personality and our own experience. And it's all fair game. And it's all, you know, where can we meet ourselves, which is the important thing. It's like, I, the rest is a story. Where can, where can we meet ourselves? Um, and then connect, right. Be connected with the practice that is supporting balance. So if the vinyasa practice, uh, you notice that you get, you, you even bring your yangness into the vinyasa practice of, or, or workout practice, whether it's swinging kettlebells or going to the gym, if you notice yourself comparing, if you notice yourself trying to um, do it more or stronger or, you know, to progress, see if you can shift. Uh, progress is great. Progress is life sustenance. We love to see progress. It's that when we get fixated on seeing progress in one certain way that we can burn ourselves out because there's so much room for us to expand and see progress. We can swing kettlebells and have a completely different experience of swinging kettlebells if I let go of um, more yang aspects of it. If I let mm. go of doing this many this many reps and this many in this time or this weight, what if I just experience what it's like to, to swing the kettlebell and how it feels in my body? Different experience, right? Completely. So so we can we can take the 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 wisdom of the yin yang duality, the connection between the two and apply it to everything. And immediately there, it will want to find more balance because we're noticing what there is and balance is our nature. Balance is already there. So if we just start to notice what there is, even if we're doing something yang, if I notice the experience of it is more yang, if I'm more caught up in it, if I'm attached, then already the noticing starts to unravel. Yoga, breath work, meditation practice, yin yoga, and then my, my favorite is to connect with nature. Mm, yes. Um, go, going for a walk. I, uh, I used to not be able to really go for a walk because it wasn't a run, if that makes sense. Yeah. yeah Why yeah. would I spend my time walking? I'm wasting my time when I could be running and like getting right. exercise. And, right. And then I can go eat more. You know what I mean? <laughs> it's like a yeah. vicious cycle. So, yeah. um, Again, that awareness of, do you feel like you don't have enough time to do something? That's a really good indication that it's too involved or too yeah. attached to that. Too much yang is there. Right. And so there's an opportunity for rest. So we can be doctors, amazing doctors, prescribe a walk. I'm going to give myself a walk. I'm going to, this walk is going to be my medicine. I'm going to walk and I'm going to be mindful about it and I'm going to enjoy it. There's all, it's already far more yin 
than if I, um, you know, go for a walk for the, for the exercise mm. or if I go for go for the walk and, and take business calls. Right. It's already <laughs> right. And I yeah. guilty, like I yeah. only speak from that as experience is that, um, how am I approaching? Cause we can do yin things, but if we're taking the yang approach to it, it's still going to be more yang. Like we're still bringing in uh, yang to the, to the table. Right. So it's about noticing that how, how am I going about that? Am I do? Am I brushing my teeth with a chip on my shoulder, or can I relax? You know, yeah, it's yeah. like, can I just relax? Yeah. Oh man, so fascinating. So I think the, the the key of it is just from what I'm hearing you say is the awareness part. Because as soon as you can kind of catch yourself in a state of restlessness or feeling guilty that you're resting, if you can catch yourself with that, that's the gateway to the whole thing. Everything kind of, that's like the key to the kingdom in a sense. As soon as you can catch yourself, everything else kind of falls into place, right? Does that sound? Awareness is the key to the kingdom. Yes. I love that. Um, The awareness. And that's why, I mean, when we talk about story work, the enlifted approach, recognizing um, the stories we create, that's a big part. That takes awareness. Like awareness is also the foundation of recognizing how we're talking to ourselves. And that's going to help inform how am I approaching something? And then can I create a different story or a different intention around why or how I'm doing this thing? Because just because it's doing something doesn't mean there's not yin there. We can be very active in life, but very yin in experience, Mm. be very, um, you know, non-attached and and surrendered to the experience. And then there's balance, but we can be very doing and be very attached to it and fixated on outcomes. And there's very yang and it's out of balance. Completely. I think there's, I think there's this, a, a misconception I mean, myself included, like I'm just, I just over the last few years specifically, I've been getting more into the yin side of things where it's perceived as being too passive or, or it's like a weakness or you're not, you're not truly in control of your own life, whatever that may mean to you. Right. So, but now I, I, I'm definitely learning that there is a, a, an important to be balanced and, and, you know, and allowing that to happen. Right. The word surrender for a lot of people is off putting, but if you, if you know, the contextual side of surrender right. completely changes, right? So, um, yes, I get you know I, I know you uh, you are on a time schedule today, Jeff. Obviously, we could go on for another hour with this. I do have one other question for you though, too. I've noticed okay. a lot of this uh, interview. Obviously, nobody can see this because we're doing audio only. But you've had your eyes closed a lot. Is that sort of a uh, a key? And I was doing that a lot this morning in in our yoga because when we're talking about you know turning things inwards, for me, I'm very uh, distraction through visual and I, th- I think everybody's mm-hmm. right. for me specifically oh squirrels shiny things right so as soon as i yes. close my eyes it's almost like instantaneous i have it's it's like a light switch is hit and i'm i'm feeling my body i'm much more aware is that kind of what we're yes. i just noticed uh, like a decent percentage of our interview today you've had your eyes closed when you're kind of visualizing all this stuff so yeah what can you what can you say about having your eyes closed whether it's with meditation uh and how it relates to what we've been talking about today as well with the inside of things Yes. Awesome question. Um, it is a matter of exactly how you shared it. It is the uh, connecting inward. And when I, when I close my eyes, which I, I'm doing now, it is, it's easier for me to pull, pull forth this information or to, um, you know, allow it to come through mm. than if my eyes are open because I, we have our five senses, right? 
And if there are five senses, right, that we're used to, and then the sixth sense of experiencing our other senses. So it's, it's, a, it's a master sense, so to speak, of experiencing the others. And I like to relate it back to thinking of apps or thinking of programs running on your device or computer. And certain programs are taking up a lot of the memory and they can slow down the processor, right? Because if you're running like the high-end Photoshop or um, design software and it, it's taking up a lot of bandwidth, then it's going to slow down other processes. The eyes is the big one. Our, our, our eyes are, as human beings, are incredibly developed. We have incredibly developed eyes because that's evolutionarily kept us alive, being able to see things the way we do. And so we put a lot of energy through our eyes, a lot of attention through our eyes. And so when we, we shut the eyes down, that energy gets to go somewhere else or that mm. attention gets to go somewhere else. So it's now experiencing something. And a lot of the times when I've been talking today, it's just wanting to come, come through more from, a, from memory or from deeper, you know, something deeper. And so the closing the eyes is helping me access that. Same thing when we're practicing uh, yoga uh, or meditation. It's like closing the eyes allows me to experience the universe of, ex of experience that is available within. And I can still open my eyes and, and, and soften my gaze and allow myself to be more um, experiencing the inside as well. But really, if I close my eyes, it's even more prevalent, more readily available. Um, closing the eyes helps us tune inward because mm -hmm. the a lot of the bandwidth a lot of our attention is going outward through our eyes. Now, there's something to be said about presence, about like, again, attention and presence. And I can be present with by using my eyes and, and being um, outside here in the world, open eyes meditation, mm. like I'm here in the world, right? Mm. So, the, so, it's, so it's present out here or present in here experience. The difference with the two, but it's distraction is when maybe our eyes are open, our mind is somewhere else, our mind is figuring out the grocery list. Then, then we've lost connection with the present. But it's like eyes can be open, present. Eyes can be closed, present. Allowing for more space. If I close my eyes, I feel I feel today especially a lot more space for the speaking mm. to happen. Good catch. Yeah, a great, great way to end it off. Uh, as always, thank you so much, Jeff. This is only part four. We're halfway point now, so we got four more episodes to come. So thank you again for your time, and thanks for the excellent class this morning as well. I wish you all the best for the My rest pleasure. of the pleasure. And just, uh, yeah, if anybody's tuning in for the first time, where can they find you online, my friend? Thank you so much for the time, Matt. I really appreciate it. And thank you guys for listening. I really appreciate that too. You can find me on my website, Hefe, J-E-F-E, living.com. And on my website, I've got uh, courses. I've got some free content, meditations, and things for you to explore. You can also get in touch with me through my email on the website. And if you just want to follow um, social media and the content I put out there, Hefe, J-E-F-E, underscore A-F. And that's Instagram. And uh, that's where you can find me. Brilliant. And you'll find other ways you can find me through that if you need to. Excellent. <laughs> Thanks so much, man. And yeah, we will get back at her here sooner than later. We'll, we'll keep our uh, epic quest 
uh, to the of the infinity sign that is eight. Uh, we'll continue yes. on with our, our journey there. Thanks so much, Jeff. I love it. We'll talk to you soon. Awesome, brother. Yeah, my pleasure. Thank you.